Hey everybody, welcome to episode 138 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy DeResta. Hello, I'm back in New York City. You're back! And alive. Good, glad to hear that. And we also have David Picciuto. I never went anywhere. But you're still alive, so... I'm, I'm also, still alive, yeah. Also good, yes. Also good. Cool. Well, Jimmy, you're back, so... You're back from where? Fill everybody in. Tell us what's up. Uh, when I left, when we were done making the show in California, Taylor and I drove. Literally, the show ended in the evening of a Wednesday, and then the very next morning, we packed the car very quickly and started driving out. The first uh, stop we made was Vegas. We had we, we ate at the In-N-Out Burger, like about a quarter of a mile away from the incident that unfolded the following weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, from there, we went to Utah. Arches National Park, and then we started zigzagging all around the southwest. Let's check out this city. Let's check out that city. We, we made friends with New Yorkers that we, we happened upon at like 1130 at night, and we ended up spending the evening at their ranch. It was amazing. They had like a whole independent <laughs> house. They're like, we got a whole house. You got the whole house to yourself. It was really, it's going to be covered in my vlog. Wow. If I ever get back to making vlogs. And uh, it was, we had a great time with, the, with that couple, the fun, fun crew from New York. It was so weird how we met. I'll tell you about it in the vlog. And uh, we just zigzagged around the Southwest, and then we were in Taos, New Mexico. And I was like, I have work to do. We have to leave. And so I was like, okay, I've seen everything I want to see. Let's go. And we just drove like hmm. 35 hours straight to New York from Taos, New Mexico. Yeah. So we, we we just kept switching off, sleeping, driving, sleeping, driving, sleeping, driving. I'd pull over and sleep and pull over and switch. And we got home, got home late yesterday. So we left New Mexico Monday afternoon at about three o'clock. And we got to New York last night at at about seven o'clock. So I don't know how many hours that is, but. That's a lot of hours. That's what that is. <laughs> you know what it is? It's a lot longer than when you look at the thing. You, you have a Google map, something it's like, oh, it's only 24 hours away. But that's <laughs> if you're driving <laughs> <No>. 75 <laughs> miles an hour and you don't blink. But you're like, oh, it's only 24 hours away. And then you start driving and you, get to, and you get to Oklahoma and it's like two full days later. You're like, oh, that should say 48 hours. It shouldn't say 24 hours. <laughs> so it was one of those things. No, I don't, I don't ever look at Google and say, oh, it's only 24 hours. No, I, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I know enough to know that it's never the, what it says. But you think to yourself, yeah. wow, if I don't sleep and I just keep my foot on the gas, that's, yeah, okay, okay, I could do that. I, that's interesting. I sleep like, like one hour, I think, okay, so 20, 25 hours, I could do that. You know, that's what you try to rationalize in your head. That's pretty funny that, I mean, that's just a difference in like, you know, we have kids. So you look at like, yeah, I got to add an hour to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, I got to add another day for potty breaks and <laughs> <laughs> meals and hmm. stopping every two hours for somebody being mad about whatever. And Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I'm not going to mention his name on here, but you two know him. But he drove across the country in a truck that didn't have cruise control. So he wedged, uh, cut a board and wedged it in there uh, on, on the on the gas, on the accelerator to have cruise control while driving. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know who that is. Uh, I don't, yeah. but I kind of don't want to. I was like, <laughs> that's oh, crazy. that's that's. Great. Good job. That's yeah. funny. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Way to survive. <laughs> That's amazing. And not, not a good idea. Don't do that, kids. Please. <clears throat> cool. Um, 
So, but you're back in the city, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I had to come here to uh, to check my mail and stuff. Ah. I have three weeks worth of mail. I have to deal with my mail and pay my bills, which are all late. I paid some bills while I was away online, and some I just I don't even like. I just know the bill comes. I don't even know to who or whatever because I'm so disconnected from some of my 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 uh, what, what would you call it monthly bill. Like the, mm. the bill for my, my tractor and my lawnmower, these things. So they're all going to be. So I have to pay them all. So that's it. I came to the city to edit all day long and and to pay my bills. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and do two vlogs today while I'm here. It's Thursday today. And uh, then eventually I'll go back to the city tomorrow. Cool. Right on. David, what are you up to? I'm like a little boy at Christmas time. <laughs> they are working on my shop right now. Oh, yeah. Nice. And, yeah, you, you'll probably hear the dog bark every once in a while because he does not like strangers here. But, uh, yeah, they are they're, um, they they just got the attic trusses installed, and they're putting the, the flooring to the attic in there now. And then on Monday, the insulation guy comes in to blow in all the insulation. And this window right to the left of me, that's getting replaced today as well so we got to record this before they start working on the window oh otherwise it's going to get cold and windy during the podcast yeah is it already cold and windy there uh we've up up and down it's it's actually it's kind of warm right now but we've had cold days and we've had hot days here in october kind of weird hmm. yeah it's still been in the 80s here pretty much every day it's crazy but i am so so excited i'm just like uh, i yeah. just can't stop smiling all day are you like? Are you keeping yourself out of there while they're working, or are you like the guy that goes in there every five minutes and goes, "Hey guys, how's it going?" I have the no, same song. No, I, um, <laughs> I, 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 I like to let people do their job, so I go in just about about twice a day just to kind of see where we're at because I'm excited. But I don't like to be the guy that hovers over people. Yeah. I like to let them do their job, and I don't want to make them uncomfortable and all that. It would have been funny if you said, I only go in like twice an hour. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hover or anything. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, but besides cool. that, I just finished making a Halloween video. I took the, the we have a light post in our front yard. And I, I made a scary ghost that hangs over the post. So when you turn on that light, the, the, the light shines through the eyes. And it's, huh. oh yeah, it's, uh, the video's done. I'm waiting for the sponsor to approve it. So it, it might go up today, it might go up tomorrow. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Now, I know you don't, in the past, I've heard you say that you don't like to dress up for Halloween. Yes. Do you not like Halloween or you just don't like to dress <clears throat> up? Um, I just don't like dressing up. Most gotcha. of the time, I just don't feel comfortable dressing up. Yeah, I feel I feel goofy. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I I I like I like Halloween. I like the I like the movies. I like I like chocolates, candies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any problem with Halloween. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm kind of the same way in that. Like, I don't really like to dress up. And my wife loves dressing up in silly costumes. For any day of the week. Like, it doesn't even have to be Halloween. <laughs> she just likes to do that. Um, but, yeah, I've always, like, just not felt comfortable. And people ask me a lot of times about the um, the short trooper costume that I've been working on forever. And if I'm actually going to wear that. And I don't think I'm actually going to wear it. Like, that's not why I'm making it. I'm making it because mm-hmm. I want to make it. And, and I want to, like, kind of have it on display. But it's not like I want to dress up like a 
Stormtrooper all the time and walk around. <laughs> <clears throat> Although, going to Lowe's and Home Depot in a Stormtrooper costume would be pretty funny, but probably won't do that. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. But I've actually been working on a Halloween video as well. Um, kind of a partial costume build. I just hadn't done any costuming prop stuff in a while and figured I should just do it. Halloween's a good excuse to, like, you know, play with those skills again. So a couple days ago, I did a quick little, uh, it's like a, well, I don't really want to give it away. Anyway, it's a little par- partial costume thing. It'll be out in a couple of weeks. But for this week, actually today, after we record this, I'm going to put out a video about a miter station. And there's been so many different miter station videos. Everybody's built one. Everybody has a different way of doing it, but I needed to make one. So I was like, well, might as well make a video. And turns out it was... I, I tried to boil it down and to make it like as simple to build as possible because I had like a day basically to do it. So I tried to figure out the the simplest way to make it but still make it functional and make it usable, you know, and not just like a table with a miter saw on top of it. And so I think I came up with a pretty quick and easy way to do it. Um, and it's got some sliding, you know, stop blocks on each side of the fences and dust collection ports in the back and like a shroud on the front and Super basic, but I think it's pretty functional. So that'll be out today, which is cool. Nice. And still kind of, that was like the last big, well, not the last, but one of the last big fixtures in the shop to get my shop fully functional, I think. Um, dust collection is another big <clears throat> thing that I still have yet to do. But of course, like I always do, I'm going to overcomplicate that. So that's going to take a little bit of extra time. Hmm. But you know, the miter saw table was like the last big table thing that I needed, you know, like tool that needed a place to live. So that's pretty cool to now walk in there and look around and there's like empty space. Everything is up and running functional. You know, I can use any tool that I need to at any time. Uh, Josh price has still been hanging out in town last couple weeks and, um, he's been working in the shop with me and, and it's really cool. Like I, I said the other day, because I have one little section <clears throat> that is uh, well, my metalworking stuff's going to be, and I hadn't had time to like organize it or get it set up. And so I was like, hey, can you just go get all of the metalworking stuff usable? Because it was like I'd have to move one thing to pull out the drill press and move the drill press to pull out the welder. And, you know. and so I went over there after a couple hours, and there's like a bench with all the tools on top of it, and the metal cutting miter saw is there, and the welding table's pulled out. He mounted a light above it. I mean, it's like a working metal working <laughs> section, and it was so cool. And I didn't have anything to do with it, but it, it's it's like super gratifying to have all of that stuff in place and ready to use. You know, after ha- having been in transition for so long, I mean, you guys know exactly what that's like. But so now I've got to get back to actually making. Consistent projects. What? (laughs) I actually got to do work now. I'm still kind of like, not that I want to get into another therapy session like we did a few weeks ago, but I'm still kind of like struggling with the, the, the consistent making stuff. Like I, I get Mm. caught up in, you know, I don't have enough time to make the thing that I want to make to have a video out in the next week. And so I'm kind of go back and forth with that, like, should I let myself off the hook with the schedule or should I try to push through and just get done what I can get done? And there's sponsors involved that have dates that they have to, you know, like when you work with a sponsor, you have to work with their dates and stuff and kind of going back and forth. You want the answer to that? Read the comments under my last video, the bandsaw box. 
What oh, really? <laughs> what do they say? Oh, I, I'm getting like I'm getting skewered. A lot, a lot mm. of people. I mean, I don't know why, but that video is is done. It's performed better than many of my recent videos. But a lot of people are just like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. I can't. Why did you even post this? And I knew <laughs> I was going to get that because it's when you make a bandsaw box, especially when you prepare a block like I did with all the different pieces. You only have one attempt to cut it, and then when you get into it, you're like, oh, this blade is no good. I'm not going to get the cut I want. But now I can't do anything. I can't get another blade mm. because. This one is where it's at. I'm in the middle of the cut. So I just followed through. That's why those cuts were kind of, those cuts weren't quality cuts. And that's why I was kind of down on myself for that. But I just went through and finished it anyway. And I said, this is basically a space holder. I'll probably redo that video and put it up and compare it to that one, to a new one. But mm. it, it was a matter of just putting up some new content in the month I was gone. Something new. And I made it, so I might as well have put it up. But it just wasn't up to par. And I knew that I said it in the description and people are like, wow, your channel's really slipping. And I'm getting a lot of that, but I'm also getting a lot of people saying, Hey, I listened to the podcast. You know, can't wait till you're back in action. Good luck with everything. So that's the majority of the comments, but also a lot of people are like, wow, I can't believe the people being so negative on this comment section, but I left it up. So mm-hmm. if you want some inspiration, yeah. go look at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of, well, obviously, I'm in a different situation. You've been like forced out of your shop for a long amount yeah. of time, and that changes why you couldn't do a lot of stuff. Whereas, you know, I've, I, I now have, I just said it, I have a fully functional shop. And so I should be able to make anything I want at this point. But I'm still looking down the barrel of that schedule, you know, and thinking, like, well, what can I do in two days so that I can get it to my editor, so that it can be edited, so I can get it back and I can voice over it and get it done for next week because I'm just not ahead yet. And, uh, and I look at things like, okay, here's an example. I'm looking at my project list. I don't know why I'm telling all of this. I don't expect you to say anything or do anything, but therapy session. Yeah. It's about you talking it out. Yeah. Um, so like a silverware tray, it's one of those things that like, that's not interesting to watch. (laughs) Right. But I need a silverware tray because every time I've ever lived in a house, the drawer that we put our silverware in the tray that you put the individual pieces in never fits the drawer ever, ever. Like they don't make them the same size as drawers. And so that would be something I could make as a project, but that's not an interesting video. What do you guys do in that situation where you have a thing, you know, you need to do it. There's probably some little technique in there that you could throw in that would make it useful, but that doesn't mean that at, you know, uh, from like a thumbnail name perspective, people are going to be interested in looking at it in the first place. What do you do? So, um, about a year ago, I made, I know most people can't see this, but I made this uh, acoustic panel to hang on the wall to stop some of the reverberation. And I thought, this is kind of a boring video, and not many people are going to need to make this. So, what can I do? So, while making it, I just kind of told the story of how I got to where I was. I used the opportunity to say, oh, I went to college for this, and then this was my job, and then this was my next job, and then somehow I ended up here. And I just used it to tell a completely unrelated story during the video. Hmm. That's a great idea. Now, did you, did you like explain what was happening there in the title or in the thumbnail somehow? Uh, I, I, Hmm. I would have to go back and take a look. I yeah. would imagine I did, but I'm I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think the concern, like I said, there's probably some little technique or 
something useful that I could find within the project itself to make it, there's a little bit of value to it. But I think the thing is that when somebody comes and they see a new video from me and they go, oh, a, a silverware tray, that's a dumb idea, or that's boring, or that's something I don't need, so I'm not going to watch it. So they they would never get to the you know the nugget that might be in there. I, this is just a dumb idea, but just brainstorming with you guys. Wouldn't it be funny if one of your children actually was making it the entire time, and you voiced it over as if it was you, but it was just like little hands in the video the whole time, <laughs> or your wife, or somebody just. Oh yeah. Oh hmm. Interesting. And then like okay. whatever, maybe like you're wearing the same watch and you put the same watch on one of you, one of your boys and, and it's like <laughs> just to make it make it like D- Dave Weldon and I came up with an idea years ago. We haven't done it yet, which I don't know. I'll, maybe one day I'll get back to my tips videos. And the tip, the, the one video I did, Dave, was the troll talking off camera. And I yeah. still want to do this. <laughs> I want to shoot a video where the troll off camera is a little voice like like a child. Going, oh, yeah, I knew you were going to do it that way because that's the easy way out. You know, so you would hear a child's voice doing the. <laughs> and we, when we were going to do my friend's daughter, and we, we, we wrote a whole uh, list of things and we never recorded them. We thought we would do them just to have them in house. Anyway, so that was an idea that I want to do. I still do it one day. But the idea of just having somebody stand in as you. Yeah. It'll make uh, an otherwise simple, straightforward <laughs> video of just cutting and connecting. Interesting because you'll be talking and there'll be some funny visual. I mean, it would be funny if you can rarely get like monkey hands doing stuff. <laughs> and then you say, <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Well, like well, no, you do the whole video the entire time dressed up as, as, as Stormtrooper and then you go, <laughs> I'm late for my party. Thank you for watching. That actually brings up an interesting point, though. I mean, I know you're kind of joking, but... No, I mean, I think that could be funny, you know. That, you know. It could, well, it could be funny, but I think, like, a way to make that valuable would be to maybe say... Because my wife has been wanting to to learn a bunch of the tools that she doesn't know how to use. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe the video is about teaching somebody who doesn't know any woodworking tools... A simple project. ...how to use some basic tools with a simple project. Yeah, that's it. That's great. Awesome. I love you guys. No, this is great. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and I've talked about it before. When Welder and I brainstorm, we always come up with the craziest, stupidest jokes, and then it always gets pulled back to something practical. Yeah. Some of my favorite episodes are when we brainstorm something out and come up with ideas. Yeah, definitely. I've got a few things like that, a few projects on my list that are like kind of practical things, and it, I wonder if there's a way that I could do that same approach to all of those i have the kind of maker 101 series where i've in the past where i've done like just really you know intro type this is what a tool does you know that that type of thing and some people want more of that so maybe finding a way to do a series of simple projects from the perspective of my wife or my kids who don't have any experience maybe that would be a good way to do that yeah awesome cool (laughs) i'm invigorated thank you (laughs) Um, oh, before we uh, move into what we were actually going to talk about, <clears throat> I, this is kind of a, sa- a shameless plug, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's partially my show. Um, the Facebook group that I started a while, like a couple of months ago, the I Like to Make Stuff Facebook group, the official one, um, we're up at like almost 13,000 members already, and it's turning out to be a really awesome group. People, nice. we've we've narrowed the the type of posts that people are allowed to put up. And I'm really clear about it. Like when you join, like this is what it's for. It's for people showing off what they make. 
and asking questions. And so we're not letting a bunch of other just random, you know, like you can't sell stuff there. You can't a bunch of just stuff that doesn't need to be there. And so it's a point of just inspiration for people and getting help with things that they need help with as far as making stuff. And having that kind of narrowed focus has made all of the posts there like really awesome and helpful. And it's growing very quickly, several hundred people a day at least. And so anyway, I'm just really happy about it. And if you're looking for a place, anybody listening is looking for a place to get some inspiration and kind of share their techniques and stuff, it's turning out to be an awesome place for that. It's so. amazing. I'm, a, I'm, I'm totally impressed with how many people are coming and hanging out there. Yeah. It's very active, which is really cool. Yeah. Too. Nice. So that's good. Um, you guys hear my, si- my siren sound effects working perfect. You hear it? Yay, oh yeah, you're back ba- in the it's, city. Yep. It's back. You guys don't know I'm in my, I'm in my barn with my sound effects machine. You got your little soundboard there, yeah. <laughs> we should totally make you that for the update all the time. We can totally do that too. That would be easy. Um, before we move on, though, I want to thank our Patreon supporters, uh, especially our top supporters. There, Wise Old Dow, Jedediah Schultz, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward. Malta make a glimpse inside works by solo Torbal Terry and make build modify. There are top supporters, but we have a huge list of people that support us over there on Patreon and it's awesome. And we are really grateful for that. We have some new people this week too, which is really cool. And everybody who supports us over there at any level gets to listen to us talk even longer after the episode. We do a little after show that's Patreon exclusive and I don't know that, is it any different? Well, Jimmy doesn't wear pants. Oh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. It today makes it really weird and awkward for us. Today I'm good, yeah. actually. <laughs> anyway, we And you that, think so I'm joking. I am not. Jimmy didn't wear yeah. pants last time. Because <laughs> I kept yeah. getting up at last 6 week, in the morning. <laughs> last week he's like, yeah, I got to go. Okay, I'm going to turn off the camera because I don't have any pants on. I'm like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> but if you want to hear that or you just want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it and uh, help us out over there. It would be awesome. Thank you. Yes. What are we going to talk about? What are we really going to talk about? We are really going to talk about is if we, knowing what you know now, this uh, this comes from a uh, Reddit user, uh, Jack Creek Road, I believe. Knowing what you know now, if you were back in the position where your channel was small and you didn't have much in the way of funding, how would you personally prioritize your purchases that would aim for video quality, sound quality, video editing, um, and he goes on. I think we can make it about video stuff, but we can also make it about general making stuff too. And I, um, man, I spent a lot of money on cameras and stuff back in the day for two reasons. One, I'm a I'm a camera nerd, so I just like buying and having cool camera tech. But um, I. I bought some things that I didn't end up using. Like I didn't need I didn't need a set of lenses because I found that I don't change the lens on my camera when I'm shooting very often, mm. and uh, I find that it just I don't like taking the time. I don't like exposing the sensor to dust, and uh, I'm, so I'm going to start off with that. I think I bought too much recording equipment, and I wish I just would have kind of just settled on something and i wish i would have spent more money on audio and lighting than on actual camera equipment 
Yeah, Bob I was going to say that. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say that about audio. <clears throat> One of the things that when I watch other people's videos, you know, just when I come r- come across a random person making videos, one of the things that always sticks out to me, if it's bad, is audio. Like, you know, every modern smartphone has a really good camera on it. I'm not saying it's the best camera in the world, but it's a good camera. So even if you used your phone, pretty much any phone, to shoot your video, it's going to be decent. But phones don't have great microphones. So if that's what you're using for your audio, it's probably not going to sound great. Uh, people, you, a lot of people will do voiceovers and stuff with like the Apple earbud microphone. And I can always tell when somebody's using that because it sounds the same and it sounds bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if that's what you use, but it sound it doesn't sound good. And that's when I'm watching a video, that's a thing that sticks out to me. So even like a, a USB, what's the one that we bought? The Snowball? Yeah. Yeah. The one Jimmy's using right now. He's using a Snowball. That's like what? Maybe 40 bucks? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe more than that. I don't know, but it's not a very expensive. Are you using a bottle as a mic stand? Yes. Looks like it. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, that's Can, okay. <clears throat> trying to get at the hump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's an old milk bottle. The mouth is so big. I can't get it to go. <clears throat> so I it's guess amazing. that's another plus to having this ball microphone. I've been using it on top of a bottle. When we shoot up, because. Yeah. St- I don't remember when I first got it, the stand broke, like the day after I bought it, yeah. it broke almost in shipping and had like a little fold out <clears throat> set of legs. And then I put it on a big chunk of steel. So I just took the post and put it on a chunk of steel. So it's like an old timey microphone with a heavy bottom. But then I'm going up and back and up and back from upstate. And so I just always leave the base here because it's too heavy to carry in my bag because it weighs like four pounds. And Taylor was here before I was here last and I don't know where she put it. She cleaned up and. So even when I'm upstate, uh, I usually put this on top. We have these tall coffee cups. So it's usually on the tall coffee cup that's white. So you can't see because it, it turns into one white object. But now I'm here. I put it on this hmm. antique milk nice. bottle. And just so it's up right at my mouth height. Well, anyway, that's a, cl- a clever way you can use that microphone. But that microphone, being a, a relatively cheap USB mic, sounds, well, it sounds just like Jimmy sounds right now. Yep. And I think that is a worthwhile investment if you're going to be making videos just to have not a high end mic, but a decent microphone, I think makes a really big difference. Same for podcasts, right? If you're going to make a podcast and you're going to use a bad microphone, it's going to be hard for people to listen. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I, I listened to some of the podcasts from, and I don't want to call anybody out, but there are, you could tell when the crew does not have the same microphone. There's always one or two guys that always sound like they're calling in over the phone. And, right. and you guys were smart enough to tell me, let's all be on the same exact microphone. And, we use a couple of different techniques, like we, we each record in our own space, and then sometimes I drop box the file to you guys, and <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough week. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's a tough month, but that makes it consistent. And yeah. We have three people I'm no longer people. using the... Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm no longer using that, that snowball microphone, just because I... Um, I don't know. I, I, I can hear a, a difference in the sound color when i switched i have a rode microphone now that i just think sounds better maybe yeah you, work. uh you should send me that um you should send me the link to that maybe i'll buy one of those because i need a better quality one than this for my own personal voiceovers too so don't buy the snowball snowballs should <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. no, no. i kidding. mean i don't i don't use the snowball for this like right now i'm using an audio technica uh which is an xlr like an actual not a usb mic it's an xlr mic <clears throat> but I have an audio interface 
that I've had for years and years, and this was the mic that I already had before that. So it's what I used to use for recording vocals and everything. I did buy the Snowball for when I travel because I can't take this entire setup with me when I go you know, on vacation and we still need to record. So it's a good, I think it's a good mic. I don't think it's a great mic, but it's way better than using the microphone that comes on your earbuds or the microphone that's built into a laptop or something like that. So my yeah. opinion for audio. And um, maybe more important than, than the mic itself is where you record your audio. So you want to be in a quiet room where there's not like a buzzing refrigerator um, as I'm looking at Jimmy's refrigerator. But um, And Jimmy, your audio does sound perfectly fine today. But when you are in a hotel room and you're recording next to a big cushy bed or a couch and it deadens the reverberation in the room, I can tell a difference. And it just, there's a, there's a deeperness to it. There's, it's more full. And you, you kind of want to, av- there's certain things that you, there's a lot of things you want to avoid, but just don't record in the exact center of the room. Don't record too close to a wall. Just record in a room with some furniture in there. So it's a little bit diffused. And another thing, if you can't control some of those things, another way to do it is to take a big blanket. This is not great all the time, but you can throw a blanket over you and over the microphone and make a little tent Mm -hmm. and record in there. And that cuts down all sorts of bounce and all sorts of outside sound coming in as well. I've heard people just going into the closet, pushing the clothes to the side and recording right there in their closet. Yeah. Too. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, I think the audio stuff is, is probably... I was thinking about this ahead of time. That's probably my biggest regret is not <clears throat> not n- not paying more attention to that at the very beginning. And I think my audio has been okay, but that's like I said earlier, that's the thing that really sticks out. Um, do you, do you want to stick on the audio for one more second here? Sure. Because yeah. we were talking about mics for doing voiceovers and stuff, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about mics on camera and and in the shop. Oh, and. Okay. The, a lot of times cameras have a have a decent mic, which is okay for recording like machine sounds and stuff. And if you actually want to talk to the camera, you might want to throw on something else besides the tiny little mic hole that's built into the camera. I personally, I use a little lav mic that's taped in the inside of my shirt and you don't see it. And uh, I, I started off with an, an AT mic, but it would get interference from telephones and microwaves and stuff. And that thing cost like 60 bucks, And it was great, except for this interference that I would get every once in a while. And then I ended up spending like $500 on this Sony lav system, which works flawless every single time. And it's one of those things that's crazy expensive. And mics is just not a cool thing to buy, but the money was well worth it for me. Yeah. So I've kind of gone back and forth on that thing. I I started out with the shotgun mic mounted to the camera. And so that's, you know, directional. It's going to record directly where it's pointed. I did that for a long time. And the only bad thing that I I think about shotgun mics is, well, one, the good thing is that it gets everything in front of it. The bad thing is that it gets everything in front of it. So (laughs) depending on, you know, what you're trying to get, if you are just trying to get you talking to it, that's fine. But if there's background noise that's literally behind you in your background, it's going to pick that up as well. Um, whereas like a lav, like you're talking about, lav, lav, however you say it, um, is going to be a little bit more like up close right to the person who's talking to it because it's mounted to your chest. I personally had a lot of trouble with the lav mic because <clears throat> I was trying to hide it and I taped it to my chest, I taped it to my shirt, 
And no matter what I did, there was always some situation. Maybe I moved my arms too much, but I would be moving my arms and I was talking and my shirt would rub against it. And so my audio would be almost unusable. Hmm. And so I tried a bunch of different things there. I tried to put a windscreen on it. I tried to like tape it in different places. I tried to do these little pin things that pin it to your shirt so it moves with the shirt rather than Hmm. it's called a vampire pin something. Um, Anyway, I tried a bunch of those things. And I was having so much trouble with it, I ended up just going back to a shotgun. And now I still have to do some treatment on the audio to get rid of, like, the air conditioner noise because it picks up that hum that's in the background, whereas that wouldn't be picked up by a lav mic. But I don't have to worry about, like, was the audio unusable? Like, I know it's going to work. I may just have to clean it up a little bit. And for me, that's a a bigger thing. So, anyway, all that to say, like, there's two sides to the audio stuff and you kind of have to figure out which one of those is going to work for you. Um, another thing about like the shotgun specifically, and this may apply for the labs too. I don't, I don't really know. The first one I had was a video. It was a road video mic video mic. Yeah. It wasn't the pro. It was just the video mic. And I found that it recorded fine, but it was always a little bit quiet and, um, it would, you know, when it's quiet and it's trying to make up the difference in volume, it adds noise. You get a bunch of noise in the signal. Floor noise. And yeah. So, you know, that kind of works against you and that, you know, your, your audio is not going to be great because it's going to have like a bunch of background noise to it. And so later on when I upgraded that, I spent a little bit more money to get the video mic pro. Now the difference there is that it has a, a pad underneath it and it's a boost. So it not a pad it has a boost of like 20 db so that takes the floor of your volume up considerably so it doesn't have to try to fill in with that stuff that causes noise and that was one of those things where like an extra 50 bucks made every one of my recordings way clearer because there wasn't that background noise in it another way you can kind of do that and this depends on the camera is some cameras have an audio boost built into the camera rather than built into the mic. So you can look in your audio settings and see if you can turn that up a little bit. Um, but that's just one of those things. Like I didn't know to look for a mic that had a boost to it because I didn't, it's a microphone, right? Hmm. But it turned out to be an issue and I ended up having to replace it later and spend a little bit more money. It was totally worthwhile spending the more money is my point. So if you're going to invest in a mic, Make sure that you're getting one that at least is going to, you know, give you a good quality uh, signal. It's not going to be too low powered. It's not going to be picking up everything in the entire room just where you want it to be. There's a bunch of options there. But, um, you got anything else for audio? That's all I have for audio. I just sent a funny screen grab of all of us. So you could see our microphones while we talk. Mine's on the bottom, and you guys have like professional microphones. uh but as far as my my personal microphone stuff goes in the beginning i i i spent so much time making those tv pitches before i got on youtube so i was all about getting good gear and good lighting and then when it got down to the moment where i realized i was going to make my own videos over and over and over again when i started my youtube channel i said all that gear just slowed me down so i stripped it all down and i just went with a flip a flip camera you guys remember the flip camera so the, oh, yeah. the first 70 or so videos I made, 50 or 70 videos were made with a flip camera. 
that had no depth of field, horrible audio, but I didn't care about audio because I wasn't talking into the microphone. I was just picking up the shop sounds that would get sped up. So the pitches would change and everything. And then after the flip camera, I went to this Canon Vixia X, which is a little flat vlog camera, which flips up. And the audio on that camera was much better. And the quality was better, not, not tremendously better, but definitely better. And so I used that for a while. Then I, and I was playing around one day in a, in a video store and I bought the little Canon Vixia flip out ones, just the little tiny ones that a lot of guys use. And I used those for a while. But then I, one thing I realized my videos were lacking was, was selective focus. And so that's why, Bob, I think we were on the, we were on the show together and you're like, oh, I'll sell you my set. And I bought your Nikon D7100. Oh, that was David. That was David. David, yeah. Um, I bought the D7100 from you. And, um, I still use that camera. That's still the camera I use. It's been over two years. And I bought another one just to have a backup. So I went on eBay. I bought the same exact one, new from some camera shop with like a package. So for under $1,000, I got the same camera. But uh, then I started vlogging. And then it was obvious I needed a quality microphone. And so that one Canon Vixia had a really good mic. So I would talk directly at it when I was doing my voiceovers or my, my in-betweens. And the audio was really good. And then I picked up. A friend owed me money and he goes, do you want money or do you want me to buy you something? Because he knows I hate shopping. So as a joke, he's like, do you want me to buy you something? So I said, oh yeah, buy me a new camera. So I ended up, he ended up buying me this G7X, which is about a $900 camera, Canon G7X, the one that I made my leather case for. And so this now is my, this is my microphone, so to speak. So when I do my thing, it also is the one that never focuses on me. It's a, it's a kind of a consistent joke. It always focuses on the background while I'm talking to it. But... Um, <laughs> So that's my vlog camera that I use just to have on me when I'm just shooting stuff out and about. But more importantly, I use it for my in-betweens because the audio on it is so good. I probably need to upgrade eventually, but I still haven't broken off and gotten that Rhodes mic that so many people have on top of their camera. Uh, I, my fear is, and you see it once in a long while on Casey's videos where he shoots a whole thing and it didn't record the audio because that mic is plugged in, so it supersedes the camera mic and something is defective and then you shoot this whole mm. thing and then you, you uh, sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> honestly because it's happened with welder and i a couple times welder always has that road and welder's road mic looks like he put it on the ground and stomped on it then taped it back together and put okay. it on his camera that's my point yeah don't don't judge technology by casey neistat because yeah my computer won't work if i run over it with 20 skateboards and throw it off a building because right. i'm trying to make a cool video right. you know right so, I mean, that's just been, it's partially because I like to just keep things stripped down and yeah. partially because I was with Welder a couple times where we filmed stuff and he's like, I got that whole thing, but the audio didn't work because the plug was janky or whatever. And so that's the other, and I've actually, I've experienced that too. I have an XLR Shure mic, a long XLR that's like powered by the camera. The microphone was hundreds of dollars. I bought it years ago when I was like a when I was a, a technical nerd buying all this fancy stuff to make my TV show pitches. I, I actually used to shoot my TV show pitches on a camera I still have. I never use it because it's a tape camera where you got to put a tape in it. It's a, the DVX-100. cost me nearly $4,000 when it came out. Ooh. And now I just keep everything simple. I, I just use this mostly or the D7100 that I bought. And I never change the lens, it, although it's come with other lenses and I, have a, I always just keep the same lens on because for the same reason, you're like, I don't want to open it up when there's a cloud of dust in the room or walk upstairs and change it where it's not going to be dusty. Um, you, so I just keep things as simple as possible. I try. Maybe that's That's why. really important in keeping it simple because yeah. if you have this complicated setup, 
that's just one more barrier for you to actually hit that record button because yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not going to do this right now because I have to set up for a half hour. You want something where you can just run and yeah. and, and and shoot. And Brett, Brett lately yeah. is Brett's Brett's been emphasizing good lighting, and I'm usually too lazy. I'm like, you know what? I could see some good contrast. Let me get started. That's usually what I look for, just if there's some contrast in it. And uh, Brett, Brett is always like, no, 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 no. Take one second. Let me go grab the con- the light. And he has these simple lights, which take these like big daylight bulbs, and they're only a couple hundred dollars. Then they're not expensive with like a big uh, balloon hood on them that unfolds, so you have like a soft box on the front of it. And we have mm-hmm. two of those in the shop, and we just move them around. We actually use them when we work, so you can see what we're doing up close. But more importantly, we use them when we we're both shooting because Brett's been shooting in my shop a lot too. So you could see the you know the background of the shop on Brett's channel. And yeah, uh, yeah so I, when I first started, like I said, I got my I, my foundation in my channel was done with a flip camera with no depth of field, no audio concerns because I obviously don't need to at the time. And so going back, what I would have done differently is I probably would have either gotten a GoPro earlier because I resisted learning a GoPro. I was like, nah, the GoPro seems eh, it's not going to work for me. I just thought they were too wide angle. But I love I love my GoPros. I you know I might buy the six. I just realized the six is out now. Uh, I would have gotten a better quality camera, but I wouldn't have spent a lot of money. And now that I'm kind of in the digital SLR age, I, the digital SLR that I bought from you, I spent $1,000. The one I bought on eBay, I spent $1,000 two years later. So I'm not getting crazy. And I, and I was looking at a lot of digital SLRs recently because I'm like, I, I might partner with a camera company and I'm just looking at their selection. And they have cameras from literally from like $100 to $5,000. And... For YouTube, the hundred dollar camera does the same exact thing as the five thousand dollar camera does. Yeah. So uh, going back to Bob's silverware tray, and like you could shoot that silverware tray with the best glass in the world, with all the perfect audio and the, and the perfect lighting, but you're more concerned about the story, the the project itself. So we could talk about equipment all day. But if you're shooting something that's boring, your video is yeah. going to be boring. So you have to. So it's. I just want to just make sure that the the project itself, the thing that you're filming, is still the main focus and still has value or tells a good story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely underneath all of this. But there is still a lot of value in like trying to find what not to spend your money on if you're getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple things. One to your road mic comment. I don't. I don't disagree that there's probably instances where you know they failed to record audio. I've never had that happen, and I've been using road shotgun mics for well since I started. It was the first mic that I bought. Um, so I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but I also am not like I don't beat up the camera. I don't beat up the plugs, and I, I think that's where they fail. Is like when people are rough with, or if you plug them and unplug them a lot that probably wears on the cable yeah. and there's things like that. So don't, you know, I, I don't want to like count those out for people as an option just because there have been failures because I've never had those failures and it is a good mic. So so many people <clears> use that. it. I just, I just haven't pulled the trigger and gotten it and I will get one. Yeah. Just, yeah. So many just people have take it. that for what it's worth. And another thing about the GoPro, I, you, it was interesting. You said that, you know, it like lo- looked really wide angle. A lot of times people don't realize that you can actually change the, the field of view of a GoPro, the default is the super wide 
GoPro look, and everybody knows what that look is. But in the settings, you can actually narrow that field yep. and get a more traditional-looking image if that's what you want. And so, like, if you want to buy a, Go- a GoPro as your core camera, but you don't want to have that extreme sports <laughs> look to it, uh, you can actually get around that just by changing a setting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then you mentioned lighting. Let's talk about what we use for lighting. Jimmy kind of talked about what he uses. I, I My core lighting is now my ceiling light, and we've talked about those before, the LED panels that David and I both have. But I think another really good option... Well, two things. One, I think it's super important if you want to get a good-looking image, consistent image from shot to shot, is to have the same color temperature lights in every shot. That is the literal color of the the light that's coming out of the bulb. And you'll, I mean, even if this is not something you're familiar with, you'll know it. You see some lights that are more yellow, some that are more white, some that are more blue. That's the color temperature, and that's what I'm talking about. So if you have... One light over here that's more of a yellow one. I was going to say, one over use here. me as an example. My videos are always inconsistent. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <clears throat> but if you have one over here that's yellow, one over here that's more blue, when you cut between those two images, you can see the difference, right? So one thing I did very early on was just to buy all the same temperature bulbs. And they're not fancy bulbs. They're just LED bulbs that you can get at, you know, the big box store or whatever. But on it, they'll say a color temperature, and that's like a number, like 3200K Kelvin, or 5000K, or 6000K, or whatever. It doesn't matter what the number is. Just get them all the same. That makes a huge difference. And then depending on which look you want to go for, you get the right, you know, consistent number to get that look. Some people want it to look more like daylight. So you go in one direction. Some people want it to look differently, go the other direction, but either way, be consistent. And if you don't want to buy big expensive lights to move around, or you don't want to mount permanent lights, the little, um, clamp lights, like a utility light that you get at any store ever, six Mm -hmm. or seven bucks. It's a little, just a light, you know, with a, a metal clamp on the end, uh, really cheap, put an led bulb in there or whatever bulb you want. And then you can move that around to your workpiece and make sure that you have a consistent color and a consistent amount of light on whatever it is you're shooting. And that's a super cheap way to have, you know, reasonably good lighting. Thoughts on lighting? Either of you? Yeah. Uh, one of the tricks that I did in my basement shop is I tried to have even lighting throughout the entire shot. And I put my camera on manual. And what that meant was every time I brought the footage into my software, everything was at the same exposure, no matter where I was in the shop. So I worked really hard to get like, make sure everything was even back in this corner or at at this tool. And uh, that way I didn't have to fuss with moving lights or setting up shots. We just, we just shot things. So, and that's one of the things that I'm hoping in the new shop is that the placement of my new lights, I'm hoping they work fine. In in theory, they should. On paper, they should. And I don't want to have the burden of moving lights around and, and setting up audio equipment. I just want I just want to shoot. I just when the when the moment hits me, I just want to shoot. And yeah. there are people looking in my window right now, which is really <laughs> weird because they're getting ready to replace it. Oh, do we need to cut it off? Uh, I think we're fine for right now. Okay. It was almost funny because well, the dog kept barking and you kept looking. I'm like, I wonder if Dave understands what his dog is saying. 
<laughs> Get these strangers out of here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You guys have anything else on this topic? I mean, one of the other things on this list was like set backdrop quality. I think stuff like that, I think that's a down the road kind of. It's a personal for, preference. Yeah, it's personal preference. And it, you kind of have to decide whether the backdrop that you're shooting against is part of the sh- shot or if it's in the way of the shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it can be so cluttered that it actually distracts from what you're trying to show. Talking about me? Whereas, <laughs> yeah, no. But I was going to say, actually, or if you're like Jimmy, it sets like a tone. It sets a, it's a backdrop that's not distracting, but it sets the kind of feeling for the shop and like the situation. And I think that that works really well in Jimmy's videos. In fact, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like that because I do too, but. That's been the biggest reason why Taylor hasn't shot in my shop because she hates that look. I mean, we literally have had mm. fights about it because she'll clean up a section of the shop and it slowly starts to creep back in. And she's like, this is where I wanted to shoot my first video. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I had to put mm. a pile of plywood there. But so that's a personal preference. And now that we have more room, that's why she's she started. She got off with a good start, but now she hasn't been making videos, but she'll get back into it. But that's what been her look is to be clean in the background where me, I like more clutter. Yeah. But I don't think that's something that you should let you, you know, get in your way of of starting to shoot. Because I think that's something you can, even if you can't change that, it's something you can, you can affect uh, how the camera picks it up with lighting or focus. So if I'm... Or composition. Or composition, yeah, that's true. Um, If there's a big pile of stuff in the background, but I'm shooting stuff on a table, I can either put the light on what I'm shooting and try to shadow the background. That's one way to do it. Um, you can, yeah, use composition to move the camera in a way that just to get that stuff out of the shot. Uh, if you have a, a lens that you can change the depth of field on, you can do it so that what you're shooting is in focus and what is in the background is blurry. That helps push it, you know, visually like out of the way. So there's some, some way around, ways around that. Uh, don't let that get in the way of you shooting uh, something. No. Uh, another old trick is to to vignette post on uh, in your in your video, and that helps draw the focus more towards the middle. Just be careful of overdoing that. I see people vignetting some of their videos, and I'm like, hmm, it's obvious, but hmm. that, that's one way to do it in post. Well, crop you can always crop too. Yeah, yeah, I crop a lot. That's another thing. I think we've talked about this maybe in the past. Um, if you crop shots, like if you shoot at 1080. Or, or whatever you shoot at, and that's what you're going to upload in. You have you have some ability to scale and to crop things without losing image quality. But I think one of the advantages of just shooting in 4K, and you, a lot of phones will shoot in 4K, so I'm not saying you have to buy a fancy camera to do this, but if you shoot in higher resolution than you're going to upload, that gives you room to scale the image, to crop out things that you don't actually want on screen. Uh, and not lose image quality. So a 4K image is four times HD. It's four HD screens in one shot. So theoretically, you could zoom in to a quarter of the screen without losing any resolution if you're uploading. So it's kind of a pain to shoot in a higher resolution. Your files are bigger. It takes longer to you know pull in the files, all that stuff. But if if that's a thing that you're going to have to do to get the shot that you want, you might want to look at that. Uh, what if what if you have the problem and I just maybe if you guys have a solution, you shoot some stuff in 4K, some stuff in 1080. Can you mix that in the timeline? 
Yeah, yes. Certain. Certainly. Oh, okay. Is there some sort of situation where the first one you bring in will dictate the timeline? Because I thought that happened to me once. So you got to bring in it, like a 4K clip first to set the standard of that timeline, and then after that you could rearrange them. Yeah, that's a setting. At least in Final Cut, I know that one of the settings for a project is that it sets the resolution of the project to the first imported clip. Yeah, uh, iMovie does the same yeah. thing. It took me about a day to figure that out. Yeah. Does anybody have and the you same can problem? That. In iMovie and in and, and, and any time I Google search a problem, like if I troubleshoot, I'm like, okay, why is the timeline? And I get like seven, the top seven answers are from like 2013. Put the year in. Put the current year in your search. Never knew that. So Okay, and the reason for that is because when somebody posts on a forum and they they write something, when it displays on the thing, it shows the date of the post. And so it puts 2017 in the text of the thing. So when you search for that, that just narrows down the search a little bit more by pages that have 2017 or 2016. Because a lot of times when I'm searching problems for iMovie, which I pretty much have it pretty much figured out now, but every once in a while I'll come across something. Like recently, a couple weeks ago, I opened iMovie and for the first time, it's putting clips in the order by which they were shot, like layered cake, like today, from the beginning of today till tomorrow, and then the beginning of the next day till the end of that day, where I want them in sequential order from top to bottom. So the very top clip in the inside the basin is the one I shot first, and the last one at the very bottom is the one, instead of putting them in sequential order on top of each other in days. And I didn't know how to get out of that. There was no way. I Googled it. Nobody knew anything. And Brett looked at it in two seconds. Brett goes, you know, side click on it, double click on the on the empty space. And then it gave me a choice. It bring, bring up a menu, which I never knew was there. And it said, how do you want the clips to be sorted? So that's that menu is nowhere unless you right click on the, the, the program somewhere. Hmm. But when I Google it, all these question and answers from 2013, 2012, iMovie 1, iMovie 0, you know, all pop up. I'm like, why doesn't it give me the most current answer to this question but now you just answered that. If I ask the question, then put 2017 in. I'll try yeah. that. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. You guys got anything else? I have a couple more things in my notes. So I'll just quickly go over. Do is it. I wish I would have talked to the camera more at the beginning instead mm. of just showing the project. Because I think people connect to the person as well as to the project. So if you're looking for long-time subscribers... They're going to watch your videos because of you. You know, people watch Bob, people watch Jimmy because they like Bob and Jimmy. So I wish I would have talked to the camera more at the beginning to show off my personality. But you on the did. other hand, you always did. I've always known you as the guy sitting on the wooden wall from the very beginning and you'd crack a beer and you'd talk. Well, in, in, uh, yes, in the, uh, in the weekly wrap ups, I would definitely do yeah. that. When I was shooting that, my project videos were more just kind of my hands on the project with a voiceover right. and then me talking at the end, wrapping it up. And I uh, just, uh, I, I think talking at the beginning, talking during, seeing my face, I think some people connect. Some people actually don't like me. And that could turn some people off. But I think for the most part... Uh, Ask 10 my, friends my, if they like you, and then they make yeah, the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people that come back every single week are ones that like who I am. So, yes, I totally agree with you, and that's something I've been trying to increase more. I went the wrong direction with it as I was trying to build it in. And I figured something out. And then this is like a this is one of the things I wrote down that I go to every week. And I'm a little hesitant to give it away because it's going to make other people's videos better. But 
That's why we're here. So I love it. <clears throat> when you talk to the camera, don't say what you're going to do. That's for voiceover or for whatever. Say why you're going to do it. So the only time for me, the reason my my rule now is if I'm talking to the camera, I'm explaining why. If I'm going to show, if I'm going to say what I'm going to do, it should be while it's happening mm-hmm. visually. Because I, I think we all have a tendency to <clears throat> get in front of the camera and be like, all right, here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And then you show yourself doing that, and then you have to figure out what to say or how to explain the thing that you already said you were going to do while you're showing it. So the way that I go around that is I say, hey, I'm going to make a miter saw station. I'm doing that because I need one that does this, and I need one that does this. Here's how I did it. And then I move into the actual acts of you know making the thing. So uh, that gets you in front of the camera, but at the same time, you're not overdoing it by you know doubling up on the explanation. So, yeah, and that that's yeah, doubling the explanation is a is a big thing that a lot of people do straight away. They say, "What well, I'm going to go? I'm going to go out to the woodshed. I'm going to get all this wood." And then we watch you do that in the next yeah. three minutes. You just took three minutes to say what you're going to do. Then you do for another three minutes. You do it, and uh, yeah. so that's why when you watch my vlogs, it takes me a few minutes to. I'm not good at freestyling and keeping one consistent take. So I find my voice while I'm talking through my vlogs. That's why when you see my vlogs, I usually jump in mid-sentence and get out mid-sentence because I'm being repetitive or I'm saying superfluous information that's not necessary. And I'll chop up. I'll talk and then I'll realize I I don't need this whole section. I'll just cut it out and drop it out completely. So don't be afraid to jump cut your explanations. People think jump cutting is bad. I remember sitting with somebody beside me when I was editing and like, you have to go retake that whole thing now. And you got to, now you know what you want to say, but you got to go redo it. I said, I'm not going to redo it. They're like, yeah, but there's a little bump in it. I was like, who cares? It doesn't matter at all. I mean, that's yeah. been my whole I mean, channel that way, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean, you can use jump cuts as your style. Like, that's what I did. Yeah. And I got that from Wheezy Waiter. He does comedy stuff, and he turned the really hard, fast jump cut into the way that his videos work. That just became the style. Whether he needed to or not, I don't know. But I, I adopted that, and then it became a really good way for me to do exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I did, I did my, it because um, Phil DeFranco does and it. Oz. Phil DeFranco yeah. does it, and I love the rhythm of when you listen to him talk. Because he just keeps it moving. It's like, no. It's almost like he's on fast forward, but it's the way he edited his thing. He might speed it up right. a little bit. Do you think he speeds it up? I don't think so. I think it's just cut really fast. Yeah. There's no break. None. Yeah. And be careful with that. You you <clears throat> do want... We're, we're trying to teach people or show or inspire. And sometimes you need a little bit of room for them to digest what, what they're taking in. Yeah. Yeah. And also... Somebody... Go ahead, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say my dad told me recently, I was on the phone, and I was leaving a message for somebody, and they wanted my phone number, and so I just like rambled off my phone number as quickly as I could possibly think it, right? You just, you say that, and you do it really quickly, and he was like, you know, when you leave people your phone number, you should act like you're writing it down while you're saying it, because that's what they have to do, and if you do it too fast, then they can absorb it, and so it's the same kind of thing, like, you want to also look at the video that you're making from the perspective of somebody who's trying to absorb, make sure that it's not too fast for them, which I know I'm guilty of, I mean, I do everything fast in videos, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, especially when you edit comedy, I edit comedy a lot, uh, and if you don't give somebody room to absorb the joke, or even if you're just making a comedy or a comment, that's important, if you cut hard right after it people almost don't even know what you said they don't even care or listen but if you give it a couple of beats maybe one second or 15 frames of airspace then you oh 
And then it goes right into the next thing. And then you're like, wait, I want to think about that. And then you might pause the video and Google it or whatever it is. Yeah. It makes the difference between something being recognized and completely glossed over or being laughed at or completely misunderstood. Yeah. In my videos, I try to have uh, almost a rhythm where there's a section of talking, then there's an action, talking action. I, and I think of my videos as a as a song. There's a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then, then the, the, the big drum solo at the end. So You should literally put a drum solo at the end of your video. That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll start. Kelly! <laughs> <laughs> cool. If you don't know, we Kelly's got- a drummer. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else? Other ideas? No. Uh, what was the I, original I'm- question? Just to maybe... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I think next week we should probably try to not talk about video stuff since we did it two weeks in a row. But oh. You know what we haven't talked about in a while? Moving. Let's talk about moving again. <laughs> yes, let's bring it back. Should, let's do a month-long series on moving. I think that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you guys been watching anything? Listening to anything? Anything new? Uh, this I week, forgot that we I... do this. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> well, you've been on the road. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, this week, I'm just going to go with uh, listen to some Tom Petty. My. Uh, losing Tom Petty this week was uh, this one stung. I'm I'm, I'm a big fan. And my favorite album is Dan the Torpedoes. I, I love it. It's just a really good, well-written record. So, Tom Petty. Cool. Will do. Oh, yeah. I know we've talked about him before, um, but Alex Steele, I, he came out of the gate like making great videos, and everybody initially was like, oh, he's awesome. Go watch him. And I watched a couple, and I'm like, these are fantastic, but they're every single day. I don't have time to watch that. <laughs> so I watched a couple, and then I didn't watch any for a very long time. And recently, I was like, I should really see what this guy's doing again. And now I'm, I don't watch everyone, but I watch way more of his than I watch of anybody else's because he has like a ridiculous amount of energy. He's just fun to watch. Like, even though a lot of the shots are power hammering steel every day, <laughs> it's still really, <laughs> really entertaining. And, um, he and I've been talking a little bit over Twitter and stuff and, uh, hopefully we'll do a collab at some point, but regardless of that, they're just really fun to watch. And I'm actually learning a little bit about blacksmithing just from, you know, watching him do it. Not really, it's not instructional so much as just exposure, I think. So, yeah, check out Alex Steele. His channel's growing like crazy, and he makes great videos and does them every day. So that's bananas. But yeah, it's yeah. it's we, I don't maybe we don't talk about him enough because it seems like multiple times a week I'm like, have you seen Alex Steele? Have you seen Alex Steele? <laughs> yeah, he's like, amazing. Yes, I have. Yeah. He's amazing. And aren't we are, are we all going to go visit him? We should. We're all going to be over there. Yeah, we're going to yeah. we're going to try. All right, Alec, if you're listening, we're going to invade your shop. We'll, we'll do a podcast yeah, while he's power hammering in the background. <laughs> Genius. Uh, what you got, Jimmy? Uh, I, I, I went back through the last three weeks quickly, and the only build video, besides a couple of my own that I've watched, is from Rayback Woodworking. And he's a fan on Twitter, and we talk all the time, and he's a really sweet, nice guy and an interesting maker. He just made this thing with colored pencils, and he has some really cool techniques, so... I'm going to talk about R-Y-B-A-K Woodworking. And he's got 182 subscribers, so go support a brother in the community who's working hmm. really hard. Right on. Nice. 
Yeah, I'm gonna cool. copy and paste this thing. And give it to you guys. Sweet. All right. Well, uh, thanks again to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We're gonna go do the after show now. Unless you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Nope. Anyone? Nope. 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 I'm saving it for the after show. Ooh. I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Cool. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Love you.